Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast, the place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books but doesn't know where to start. Uh, this is episode 127 nice. and the second part of book uh, movie reports, Yay. which is a, a, a fun, what would you call it? Not a sequence, not a segment. <laughs> I don't know what I would call it. A fun uh, episode type. Fun, uh, yeah. Fun exercise. Yeah. <laughs> a fun meditation. Yeah. I like series. Yeah. That's a too. good one. Cool. Uh, a fun series we do where the first week, it's, it's a two-week event where the first week we each pick a movie for our own reasons and watch it and then present it without the other person knowing uh, what it is or anything about it beforehand and we did that last week so go listen to that one <laughs> if you haven't and then uh for this week we watch the other person's movie and talk about them oh, talk about them both kind of all together yeah and it's awesome and it's awesome and we love doing it yeah uh so that's what's going on for today are the two movies that we watched were, which one should I list first? I don't want to be too self-important and say that my movie should be first. Okay. <laughs> you, you, I have what, no preference. What are the movies that we watched, Addy? The movies that we watched are The Red Shoes and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. There, there you have it. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk about some more we'll talk some more about those in just a second as it is the the topic of this episode the purpose of this episode but before we get into that how has your week been my week has been so painfully long and it's only Tuesday oh no so part of what I do for grad school is teach a mindfulness class to kids which I love doing it's super uh-huh. fun. But this semester, I'm kind of like, so these kids, they're they're like kids who just need some additional help in the in our community and stuff. So they come to this kids camp type of this after school program type of so thing. Like younger kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And um, this semester, I'm like, I'm kind of running the research component of it for the first time ever. So I've just kind of been given a like a lot more responsibility. And camp started this week. Um, so I've worked like two, like 15 hour days, like back to back almost like I've been on campus from 6am to, to like not to like now to like 9pm oh, days, just like troubleshooting. And it's just chaos. Like the first couple weeks trying to get everything together. So it's just been very long, very tense days and I'm like ready to crash. <laughs> It's been so tough. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll get there. Yeah. That's kind of cool, though, that you're in in charge. You're the boss. Yeah. I have a whole team of undergrads that I boss around. Yeah. Do you wear a suit, a business suit? (laughs) No. If I was in charge of people, I'd just wear like a little blazer all the time and just... (laughs) point a lot that's why they don't put me in charge of anyone (laughs) actually that's not true not true i was kind of in charge at cold stone yeah and i did wear a blazer to work every day and and pointed and yelled at people it was awesome that's so awesome the best part of the ice cream job (laughs) i try i'm not mean to anybody on my team at all because i was in their shoes kind of last Mm -hmm. year and I was like, this is the most stressful job I've ever had in my life. Like, this is such a tense, high stakes situation. And I was just so anxious for like the entire year. So now that I'm kind of in charge, I'm sort of like, I will not make anyone feel that way. <laughs> like my whole team, I'm like, please, like people make mistakes. I'm not going to be angry. Anything can be fixed. Like, please just tell me. Yeah. That's my whole like attitude about this. And I really mean it. And I think it's gone a long way with them. Like I, they don't seem to be nearly as stressed as I am. <laughs> so that's okay. great. Well, there I, you go. I feel good about that. But I need to chill. 
<laughs> and I don't know how. <laughs> so, it's, hard. Yeah. it's hard being at the top of the food chain. It really is. <laughs> With great power or whatever. Yeah, there you but. go. <laughs> how was your week? Um, it's been also felt really long, but not like in a there's so much going on kind of way, just in like in a fun way, in a fun way. Right. It felt like a long like week. Fun stuff. Because I was thinking about it, I was like, wow, this was a long time ago. Like I was just thinking of stuff like I went and did trivia on like last Wednesday, and I was like, that feels mm-hmm. like so long ago now. Because I mm-hmm. kind of had a long weekend because I did stuff like every night from Wednesday to Sunday, I guess, and. Was nice. actually being an active member of the community, which is Good job. which is weird. But uh, yeah, the the highlight it just it was really cool. It meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, I did. I went out and played, did a trivia, and my team won two out of the four rounds. Oh my gosh! Congrats! It was awesome. That thank you, thank you. Fun. Yeah, I do love <laughs> trivia, and I'm was quite good like, at it. I'm was learning. It just- Oh, you sorry. are really good at trivia. That's true. I remember when you were in a trivial pursuit era yeah. <laughs> and you were really it, good at it. It's always trivial pursuit era. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's uh it's nice to be good at trivia. It is. It's that's like valid. one of the few things that I actually am really good at that I'm proud of. You're so. really good at lots of things. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then yes, yeah, so just some more friends and came and visited. Uh, and was around for the weekend and i don't know it was just it was a it was a pretty good time did lots of stuff hung around and uh my classes i go in full speed um i'm learning how to teach people but i've never like taught anyone before so it's Mm kind of weird it's a little bit of uh imposter syndrome because a lot of the people in the class are like have a lot more experience and are talking about stuff that I'm like, Oh, I don't know about any of this, but <laughs> so to learn. It'll yeah, be exactly. Well, and part of the, part of the class includes a, a practicum that I have to do. I have to do 20 hours of, of uh, work of like actual teaching uh, to pass the class. Wow. Um, they said to wait until after the fifth week, if you don't have any experience, which is what I'm doing, but I'm already worried about it, but like, it'll be, it'll be good. But I don't know, man. It's stressful. <laughs> yeah, you will do great, and it'll be so rewarding in the end. I hope so. Uh, so yeah, that's what's been going on. Nice. Trying to find some time to read. I haven't been reading as much here lately, for whatever reason. Um, here lately than I have been mm. up to this point. So maybe I don't know what I gotta switch up, but I should be reading a bit more. Me too. But yeah, that's all right. Um, oh, I did want to say one other thing before we get rolling. Jean-Luc Godard died today or yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a big fan, but he is a very uh, important figure. And I wanted to formally recognize his passing and my appreciation for his uh, footprint that he left on cinema. Nice. There you go. What did he do? Um, I don't know. Some French stuff. He was one of those French guys. (laughs) No, he was, he was a part of the French new wave and one of the big guys with that. And so he wrote a lot of stuff with the Cahiers du Cinema. Um, and his, uh, 1960 movie breathless is, uh, very important as like one of the, the founding works of the French new wave. And, uh, his early stuff I do find quite interesting. And then he got really political and that doesn't mm-hmm. sit as much for me. So yeah. some of his stuff kind of, I'm just like, ah, whatever. But yeah. uh, he continued to do stuff and like release stuff up until uh, just a couple of years ago. I think he had stuff going on, but uh, important figure. And I do wanted to say, um, check out some Jean-Luc Godard stuff. Anyone listening, Thanks. if you're interested. I personally am going to watch one of his movies because I was planning on watching it anyways. And now I figure I have to um, in the coming week. So very nice. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Stay tuned for more on the wrap up. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Let's get into it. 
We watched The Red Shoes and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yep. From 1948 and 1953, respectively. And uh, which one do you want to talk about first? No, no. Which one did we do first last time? Did you go first last time? I think I went first last time. That is true. Yeah. So let's, should we keep it the red shoes first? I want to talk about the red shoes first. (laughs) Okay, great. I think so. Did you watch? So first question, did you watch it? Yes. Awesome. Next question. (laughs) Incredible. Well, I just went in, well, I mean, I'm like, I'm sure you would have said something if you hadn't, but (laughs) it's cool that despite your super busy boot camp week or whatever, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you found the time to watch it. So, yeah, um, it was really enjoyable to kind of like take a moment to watch it because it's a very dreamy, beautiful movie, and so it really was. It was very extra nice in this week when I kind of needed like an escape a little bit from reality. It is a mm. good movie to just kind of to just escape into. Yeah, very escapist. Escapist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of it? What did you, loved did you like it. it? Okay, cool. I, lo- <laughs> I liked it so much. It was so just like interesting and, and beautiful to see. And honestly, I just love ballet kind of across the board. I'm never disappointed by a movie that's about ballet. <laughs> and I love going to like the live ballet. Like it's just, I just think it's the most beautiful thing to watch ever. So I was very happy to watch a whole movie about it. And uh, I remember you saying that like the scene when she actually stars in, in the red shoes, like the sequence of watching that is just like the greatest thing ever. And I so completely agree. I love that part nice. so much. <laughs> It's the best part of the movie. It is the best part of the movie. But it was all it was all really, really good. I loved the music. I loved the scenery of it all, the costumes for sure. And the makeup even. Like I really loved every part where it would kind of show a close-up of her stage makeup on her face. Yeah. And sort of like the expression of it. I don't know. A lot of it was just so like striking in such a fantastical way. <laughs> which I loved. I agree that it was very fantasy like and I thought that that was really awesome. Nice. My, my overall thoughts, I guess. Big fan. Good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> um yeah, I think it's I think it's uh kind of served well the fact that like it's not very Hmm, how do I put this? Neither of the movies are very realistic, but in completely different ways. And I think each yeah. one serves uh, its itself. <laughs> each one yeah. does a good job at what it's doing. And I think that's the case for this one. I totally agree with that. I did want to say that I've never been to a, a, a ballet in real life. Oh, you should totally go. But it seems like maybe it would be cool. It is so much fun. It's and- just just so amazing to watch have you been to the any operas no i've never been to the opera okay i've been to the opera once and i and it was interesting but i wonder i was going to ask if it was this if it was similar (laughs) to being at the (laughs) opera i don't know i would love to go to an opera but so far i have not nice yeah (laughs) one of these days (laughs) i agree i'm glad you liked it me too. I'm also really glad I liked it. I kind of knew that I would, though, based on the way that you talked about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the oh yeah, the thing with the makeup is kind of what caught well, not what caught my eye, but like on Letterbox, do you know how they have like the little headers that is just like a screen grab from the movie? Uh huh. Yeah. This is the one for this one. Oh, it's nice! That one shot in the middle of the. Uh, of like that performance mm-hmm. and so that's kind of like i associated it with this one because I, I knew very little about it like i thought i mean i guess it could be argued that it's a little bit of a like a bit of a musical mm-hmm. but not in the way that i was expecting when i watched it so like it was just interesting mm-hmm. to kind of like have heard so much about it but not really sure like how it was gonna be right um oh yeah and i was gonna say uh would you agree that it's like very uh, one of a kind? Like, I don't think I've seen really too much that's like it. Yeah, 
I I really would agree. And but it's weird the way that like certain specific things reminded me of other specific things, I mm. guess, but nothing really as a whole. It did feel like weirdly Wizard of Oz adjacent to me the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> because because of the red shoes. I don't really know if that was intentional or not, but probably not. But they just kind of, I don't know, they just sort yeah. of parallel each other kind of well. And it also kind of made me think of Juliet of the Spirits a little bit. Um, hmm. Kind of just like the makeup of it all. But I guess also sort of, sort of, I don't know, the themes and like the more like mystical elements to it, I guess. Like it just sort of feels like when, um, what is it, Vicky? A Vicky. Vicky, Victoria. Victoria. Um, when she kind of like enters her ballet world, it feels like a similar like dive into this like beautiful mystical place as sort of Juliet's journey. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I'd, I'd see what you mean about the um, like just certain specific things reminding me of other certain specific things. Yeah. Um, yeah. There but were as mo- a whole, like very, very unique. Nice. Although it's also kind of, uh, it really made me think about the Nutcracker too, but maybe just because it's a ballet. Ballet. That's how <laughs> they get you. A lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ballets, they're kind of just like that. There's like dancing and stuff. Yeah. Like, whoa, I've like seen this type of <laughs> dance before. <laughs> No, but in the Nutcracker, that's also a kind of a girl who enters. It's it kind of has a really similar start to the Red Shoes, like mm. kind of like these baller, ballerinas are like given these like magical toys by this magician, and it takes them into a, a magical land. For in the Nutcracker, she's given a Nutcracker. <laughs> And then they dance the ballet because the Nutcracker like comes to life and, and it becomes sort of a similar, but much less eerie tale, I guess. Mm. To the I was thinking of what you're saying about the Wizard of Oz. And I wonder if uh, Mr. L. Frank Baum took some inspiration from Hans Christian Andersen and his mm. red shoes. What, what if it's the opposite? Cause this movie came out after the Wizard of Oz movie, right? but yeah. the, I'm, I, I'm, I would guess I, I did not look it up at all, but I would guess that the wizard of Oz book came after the red shoes story. How old is Hans Christian Anderson? What a great question that I couldn't even try to answer. <laughs> I, like, I, just, I, I was trying to think, I was like, wait a second. I have no idea. He lived from 1805 to 1875. Okay. Not bad. He hit, he uh, surpassed the life Pretty expectancy. <laughs> Bad. 70 years. It's a good long life. And L. Frank Baum was born 1856 and died 1919. Okay. So I think you're probably right. Probably. About <laughs> being before the Wizard of Oz. I guess I could have just looked up when each of the things were published, but never mind. Never mind it, that. I feel like the Wizard of Oz then must be at least just have drawn some inspiration from the red shoes. Like, it's just too, like, why make them Ruby slippers? Yeah. When red shoes exists in this world. It seems like, (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense. It just makes sense. Um, I'll try to read a little bit more about it though. Yeah. I remember I said something last week about the different, that they're both this and the wizard of Oz feel like fantasy stories, but in different ways. Yeah, because it's never really addressed in this one head on, mm-hmm. but it still feels very fantastical the whole way throughout. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Even like, I especially when you watch the sequence when she's performing the red shoes, a, co- mm. a handful of things happen that it's like, well, that's not actually in the ballet though. <laughs> <laughs> that's just in her brain. Or yeah. I, don't know. But I think I think like the coolest part about that sequence is how it like doesn't distinguish between what the audience would be the audience in the movie like mm-hmm. would be seeing in the stage play and what we're seeing as but like she really like merges with the character and i think I just kind of the fact that the story is based off of this hans christian anderson story mm-hmm. and that same story is being adapted within the movie and just how it all kind of revolves 
I think yeah. just is so cool. It just worked. It is awesome. It was so cool. And it was so awesome. I loved it. Awesome. Should, we, should I get into more like specific thoughts? No, I think I'll talk about, yeah, I was good. I think we'll, okay, uh, we'll uh, break it up. Cause I got to talk about the uh, gentlemen prefer blondes. Yes. What did you think? Um, so the most important thought I have about this movie is why is it titled that? I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I also kind of wondered about that. That's probably not the most important thought I have about the movie, but I I, I was thinking about it afterwards too. It's just kind of like, I don't know, like the richer, more like traditionally successful types of guys go for Marilyn Monroe. But at the same time that you watch that happen to her, you get to see this more like passionate and uh, scandalous love affair happen between a brunette (laughs) and a man, a not so good man. So I think that's what it means. Hmm. Like I thought that I thought they were gonna sing a song called that or something. Cause like I read at the beginning, the the credits roll when they're singing the song and they also sing that same song at the end. Yeah. And there's so much stuff about diamonds being a girl's best friend. Like I just thought it was hilarious that nowhere was the title ever mentioned or I don't know. I know. I also thought it was just kind of funny. But the whole movie is about like the different type of romantic desires that mm-hmm. the two women have. So yeah, I think it just comes back down to that. It was, but it's it kind of a funny title. That is funny. Um it's like I have to check myself to make sure I'm saying the right movie every time I say it. I'm like, that is what it's called, right? <laughs> uh I really liked it. I thought it was so fun. Hey, I also cute. thought it was so fun. Fun and cute. Super cute. Um yeah, I liked it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm so um, I thought everyone did a great job. Right. I think as, maybe the performances are like the best part of this because yes, everyone just like really plays their characters the best. Just crushed it. Um, I will say I laughed the hardest at Mister um, Henry Spofford the third. Is that the kid? The kid. <laughs> yeah, that scene where she's crawling out of the window is so funny to me i was cracking up at that specifically that and when he first showed up i was Mm -hmm. not expecting it no me neither it was so funny and then just the fact that the kid playing him you can tell has no idea what his lines mean (laughs) (laughs) through the way that he's delivering them I feel like they must have been cracking up on set. Like yeah. I feel like all of those scenes with him must have taken so many takes just because it is so funny when he just delivers his lines. Yeah. <laughs> um and I and I wanted to mention that first because I think it ties in with this whole idea of like I mentioned it just a second ago that it's not like very realistic mm-hmm. as far as like I think this movie does a really good job of like playing with just certain things that just don't come off as like normal, but just work within just because it's funny or just because it's just why not, you know? Yeah. I think this one does that. And I, and I love movies that do that. I totally agree. It really just kind of like leaned into the ridiculousness in the like absurdity mm. of some of these scenarios, which I thought was the best way to go about it. Like I, it just really didn't take itself too seriously at all, which I love. Completely. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's something that like specifically like in musicals, you know, mm-hmm. whenever you sing a song, you're breaking with the reality then. Yeah. So totally. I think specifically musicals like have to embrace that. And I think this does a good job of, of doing that in a, in a number of different fun ways i completely agree um marilyn monroe is so funny also were you shocked by that or did you know she was funny uh i well i knew she was funny one of my favorites is uh some like it hot have you seen that one Mm -mm. Mm, she's pretty funny in that one too okay good i'll watch it (laughs) um yeah no i think well i I was you you made a point last week about like how this is like cited as as um her how she like this paired with like how to marry a millionaire or Mm -hmm. whatever it's called um 
about like the dumb blonde stereotype. Yeah. But she's like obviously not dumb in this movie. That's what I'm saying. But she does like pretend to be in order to yeah. just like get stuff. Yeah. But I think it's it's very obvious and very clear that it that it's an act. And people that aren't like completely mystified realize it's an act. At the same like yeah. the the one guy, the 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 other the love interest the mr malone and the dad as well at the very end mm-hmm. um like they see through her but exactly like it's it, it's made very clear that it's that she's just playing everyone i thought that too that's why yeah, i was so. so surprised by how many like when i was reading about it so many articles were like this is what like started her reputation it's just a dumb blonde that like she started to resent later in her career and stuff like that and i was just sort of like i don't yeah i don't know how you're like connecting that those things because that that just cannot be true yeah definitely in this one and i and i did love the kind of the the relationship between them at the heart of it right it's so cute. They're such good friends. Yeah, because they're really well. And they're, the guy even says it one time. He's like, "I don't know how two how so different people could be such good friends or whatever." Yeah, and it it just it's fun. It works. It totally works. And it's like that chemistry that they clearly have. And I, you're, I'm realizing now that you were like saying all this stuff last week too. But, <laughs> so I agree. Uh, it's like the the chemistry that they have is just like you feel it through the characters that it's like, they know each other's plans already. Yeah. Like, right. They already know what's going on. They're like, so in sync. And even though they have like such different goals, they're still helping each other accomplish exactly what the other one wants all along the way, which is so much fun. I love the part where they have to devise the plan to get the pictures out of the like journalist guys pockets. Oh, and they're yeah. just sort of like, like, um, What's her face? What is the woman who's not Marilyn? Jane. Jane Russell Jane is Russell. okay. Okay. Like this is the plan, blah, blah, blah. And Marilyn Monroe is like, I'll have everything ready in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's so cute to me. They are such schemers, but they're yeah. so good at it because they work so well together as a team. Yeah. And I'm yeah, and I'm glad that there was like no conflict between them either. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been for like how like tightly scripted this is and how like quick it moves like that would have bogged things down way too much and i totally agree and i think that their relationship is is what keeps it moving because Mm -hmm. they have this understanding so you just go along with it as the audience yeah for sure it just works um i was gonna say that this looks this movie also looks beautiful in technicolor right Um, but in a very different way than the red shoes does i would say yeah, I completely the, the agree. cinematography is like the color cinematography is like completely different, but they both like stand out and are like high points. It seems. Mm-hmm. I think this one just used like contrast super well, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in that number of the the diamonds. I know the song about the diamonds. <laughs> I felt the same way. That's yeah. I talked about that last week because yeah. it also just, the colors of it stood out to me so much, and also the scene where they enter the like dinner party together in their mm. orange dress and their black dress. The, yeah. The, the Halloween colors. Yep. There's a, um, it's after it's in, it seems like it's the same night as that scene, but it's like later. And uh, Jane Russell's wearing a different black dress with like mm-hmm. this, this black veil and stuff. And I think that that outfit goes the hardest of any of them in the movie. It's so, uh, so hot in that movie. It's, it's just- like, extra but also works i don't know it totally works incredible so so iconic every scene in that movie just wow i'm gonna i'm gonna nominate this movie for the costume design for the shiners oh perfect yeah we'll get my vote (laughs) i've decided (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think that's what i had to say Nice. Uh, oh no, I was going to make the other point in that also in that about the cinematography, like in that scene, that song and dance number with the diamonds, there's uh, at some point, like the light switches and it's a spotlight. And just the way that they turned, they, they had the background lit and everything was so like bright red. 
and then it switched to just like a spotlight and everything like looked really dark in the background mm-hmm. just like that switch i don't know it, it was very impressive and That's i liked so it a lot good. and i thought that was like super uh impressive so i wanted to make a point of that completely agree nice all right you said you wanted to say some more specific stuff um yeah i guess i kind of wanted to get into like the theme and stuff of okay the red shoes sounds good um i don't know i just i guess it just really sort of like resonated with me in a way that i like didn't expect it to because this isn't this isn't all that relatable. I guess in the red shoes, she's ultimately forced to make this choice between staying with the person that she loves, like staying in her marriage with the person that she's in love with mm-hmm. or continuing to dance, being a ballerina, which she's said multiple times in the movie is like her reason for living. <laughs> she yeah. loves to dance more than life. Um and the choice is so impossible for her to make. It just like in an instant, like ends her life, essentially. I mean, she didn't die, but she jumped. <laughs> she jumped like right off a balcony. Um, I think it's meant that she dies at the end. Oh, really? I think that's where we're supposed to be left with. Because that's what happens in the, the red shoes, the story. Because um, yeah. so okay. like as soon as well, I just got I thought about it because as, as soon as um the the what's his name i can't believe we haven't talked about what what oh what's his name <laughs> the dance guy boris lermontov yeah boris boris uh well when he's first like pitching the story and telling craster to write the opera or the, uh-huh. the ballet i keep saying that <laughs> um uh he just like gives us gives us the spark notes the 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 bullet points of yeah, the story sure. yeah and then knowing from the opening credits that the movie is based off of that story. Yeah. I was kind of expecting that the whole way and like waiting for it to happen. But like, so I kind of like arrived at that based on that. Mm-hmm. And, but that whole like last scene was so tense for me. Cause I don't know if they were going to like subvert it mm-hmm. or, right. but I, what I got out of it, it was at the end that she, she dies. Cause she does die. But uh, yeah, I wasn't really sure because he says, you know, she'll pro- she'll never dance again. I didn't really know if that was implying like she's about to die or she's just mm. so impaired that even if she goes on living, she, she won't be able to dance. But anyway, I don't know. I was just thinking about like the intensity of that and the way that I felt so like tormented while she was having to make that choice, like on her behalf, I guess. I d- it was just so shocking to me, like how much I think people could i don't i relate to this i guess or just like have it resonate with them even if you you've probably never actually been put in a scenario where you have to choose between like like right then and there like the love of your life is sitting next to you and your boss (laughs) for your like absolute dream career is also here and they're like it's one or the other dude like i don't nobody i think would ever have to make such like an objective like whatever i decide right now is like permanent and and i have to choose i cannot have both but it does i don't know it does just i was watching it like what the hell would i choose i have no idea and people kind of have to pick all the time like what are you gonna prioritize in your life can you like have equal amounts of ambition and more like i don't know like personal affairs i guess mm. but can you do it all i do not know <laughs> the answer to that question yeah. and it's so heartbreaking to imagine to really be like what the heck would i choose if it really came down to it i just don't know it's just kind yeah. of crazy and i think the movie is kind of saying that the you, you can't, can't really choose. <laughs> like, I know, but it just, I don't know. It's just made me, maybe it's just because I feel so dead inside because of my career choices this week <laughs> that I watched that part. And I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I wonder if it would have gotten to me quite as much in like a different type of week or kind of a different period of my life. But I just, it just sort of got me thinking like, am I choosing ambition over something that would mean more to me? I don't Mm -hmm. know. I do not have an answer to that question. 
Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It was just really, it got, it just got me thinking, I guess a little bit more than I expected it to throughout the entire movie leading up to that. Like right up until that point, I was like, what a joy to watch that. I don't really, I don't know. Like I don't see myself in any of it, but mm-hmm. it's not like I was consciously thinking that the whole time, but I was yeah, just no, I, I see what you mean. For sure. experience. And then all of a sudden it just kind of had this moment that brought forth a lot of questions for me, I guess. Yeah. And I was shocked by that. Yeah. It's, it's a tough, a tough problem. And I, I mentioned last week that like uh whiplash kind of tackles the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like he does make a choice in whiplash, mm-hmm. not to say which uh, choice he makes, but it seems like he does make a choice in that one. But I think, and that's why this ending works so well for me is because mm-hmm. what, when I watched, the midpoint of this movie and i said this is peak cinema mm. movies have been downhill ever since this point in this run <laughs> um i was like well how but it's only halfway through the movie you know like what's gonna happen now and i was like it might just lose me but then the closer you get to the ending and you know the inevitability of like mm-hmm. this conflict and having to choose and just like yeah i don't know it it, it hits really deep i think probably yeah, regardless right. of what your specific thing is, because I think everyone has like gone through this in their own way. I really think so too, which oh, just, it just came out of nowhere to me. I don't know. It yeah. really just hit so hard. It was so shocking, but yeah, I agree. I think a lo- I think everybody has kind of had to make choices like that to a certain extent. And it's hard to see it like dramatized like this, I guess mm-hmm. it's the, the toughest choice like the most impossible choice that really everybody kind of has to make if you're Mm. gonna live in society like you really do just kind of of have to choose between some of these things and it's so hard and it was painful to watch uh to watch that choice be like taken to such an extreme extent i guess yeah yeah because i mean you know in like looking at it you can just be like well does the guy have to you know what can't he can't they compromise can't they meet in the middle Mm. and i think for most of us we do have some kind of moment of of compromise otherwise like no no one's circumstances seemingly are quite as extreme as this Mm -hmm. but it's also interesting to me to think about well that's the case for for us like for at least for me watching it you know that's what i that's what i think and uh Mm -hmm. But it's like, what happens when you're a person that's like so driven as Vicky is? Yeah. That there is no compromising because she'll regret it if she goes halfway in either direction. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Exactly. Kind of crazy. It's so crazy. And what's also so like heartbreaking about it is that it's just not even none of it is even kind of her fault. And for like a, a while, I guess it doesn't really even indicate in the movie, like how long, maybe it does. I don't, I don't know how long she was still dancing with the company while she was also like falling in love with the mm-hmm. composer. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she herself proved that she was able to handle having both. Like she's more than capable of that. She was her best self dancing incredibly like making a name for herself becoming so famous while she was also actively falling in love with this person and it's not until the jealousy of somebody else interferes that she doesn't get to have that life that she created for herself it's evil (laughs) it made me so sad for her boris i hate boris (laughs) fuck you boris i love the name boris though i think this was be more common yeah well, the, I think the the top review on Letterboxd is we should stop letting people named Boris be in positions of power. <laughs> uh, that was funny. That's really funny. I haven't looked at the Letterboxd reviews yet. I can't wait to see them. I thought his character was really interesting, though. Me too. Just as kind of like this um, perfectionist. But yeah, it, you, you realize how whack it is, how whack of a, of a person he is when you realize that, yeah, she was like being able to do this it was just that he he was blinded by his like preconceived notions and Mm -hmm. partially like just um just like emotional yeah possessiveness and like just emotional jealousy yeah um 
but at the same time you can kind of see from his perspective like if this is his entire life like you understand that he is he has made the decision the other way to forego like all sorts of um uh like romance romantic relationships mm-hmm. yeah um and so he sees a way to have it both ways kind of mm-hmm. like i think i'm sure that he wouldn't well no i i wouldn't say i'm sure just because the whole reason that the, that he found out about them was because he wanted to book a table for them to have a dinner for two and yeah. i was like where was he going with that one but yeah. it's like so you, you you can't really like point out i guess like how like where he falls on that that mm-hmm. uh, area but but uh it is clear that he's not uh, not uh, acting with her best interest truly at heart. So, no, not at all. Which is what matters. Yeah, nobody is acting with her best interest at heart. It's really sad. Sad. Poor Vicky Page. She was a great dancer. Yeah. Um, Moira Shearer, the actress who played her. Mm-hmm. Uh, was more of a I mentioned this last week she's more of a dancer than an actress and mm-hmm. I think for a movie such as this that uh, works it, it, yeah it I think off. so too I kind of noticed that she didn't really actually have like all that many lines you mm-hmm. know or they're, they're like really short at least she yeah. kind of enter and like smile <laughs> and sort of just like engage that way and then like turn around and leave and that yeah. I, that was just perfectly fine because I don't know her, her gracefulness as a ballerina and the way that her dancing gets better throughout the movie. Like those things were mm-hmm. much more important, I think. Yeah. Like and I, parts. I think she was also like really able to act through her dancing too. Yeah. For real. Which is for, for this movie, I think is, is important and works. Yeah. It's yeah. Necessary. She did a great job. I don't I thought she was like perfect for this role. Cause I really was rooting for her so much. I yeah. really like cared about her very deeply and like believed that she was like a good person and a good artist and stuff, despite not really getting to actually know her character all that much. Mm. There you go. There you go. She's Any great. other thoughts on the red shoes? I don't think so. I did want to say that uh Powell and Pressburger, the directors for this, these are two, I hadn't seen any of their movies beforehand, but these are uh, two names that I've heard a lot as far as like just people that I respect talking about movies. Well, I just always mentioned Powell and Pressburger. Apparently they weren't very critically well received at the time that their pictures were coming out. Um, And for whatever reason, they never, like I don't hear about them in like the realm of pop popular culture as much. Mm But uh, people who do talk about them uh, always speak very highly, it seems like, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm glad to see this one. And they have a couple others that are um, also quite uh, well regarded that I'm eager to check out now. Nice. I yeah, just wanted to I, make that I would point. want to check out another one too, because I was a huge fan. Nice. Do you have a rating for the red shoes? I think I think I'll probably give it a nine out of ten. I'm nine really giving it a nine nine and a ten. Maybe yeah. if I watch it one more time, I'll go for the, I'll go for the ten. But for now, I'll say nine. Nine nine out of ten. Nice. You you heard it here first. <laughs> it is a a wonderful movie that I would truly recommend to anybody. Like it feels like this one would be pretty universally respected at least even for people who don't like ballet even if you don't like ballet i really think this might change your mind (laughs) it's that good incredible uh let's see for gentlemen prefer blondes i wanted to point out how uh well done and uh and you i mean you talked about this like last week uh just like how I don't know if forward thinking is the right word, but like actually like dignified these characters are while still yeah. being like um, sex objects in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, because they're always portrayed as like being in control of and like very like above 
kind of yeah. these games. Uh, and I think that that's like comes off really well. I really think so too. And I yeah. wanted to say, I, I was looking just kind of through um, some of the other Howard Hawks movies that I've seen. And I think that's pretty consistent uh, across his filmography of, of women leads that are actually like characters. Howard Hawks is a feminist. Yeah. He's uh so I I don't know. I think that's cool. Even er, like way earlier than this one, because um 1940, his girl Friday is about a woman reporter. Can you even imagine? No. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> um that's awesome. And then and then even bring up baby, which is completely screwball. Um Catherine Hepburn is, I think that's my favorite performance of her, just because she's like okay. And she's the agent of pure chaos that, uh, that, um, I don't know, the man usually gets to be. That's, I've, I gotta watch these because I seriously just love this movie so much. And I just couldn't agree more that they're just portrayed so authentically. And also their friendship and the conversations that they mm-hmm. have with each other mm-hmm. are also just so, like, just so genuine. And that's just what it is like to have girlfriends as a girl. <laughs> And it's just fun. I don't know. Like the fun of it, the joy of being friends with other women as a woman is so, it just really shines through in this movie, which I love. Nice. It means a lot to me. So thank you, Sir Howard Hawks. Sir um, Howard. <laughs> huge fan now. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was just trying to think, you know, that the like Bechtel test, like do women talk to yeah. each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah for more than three minutes or something about something other than men. And I don't think that the, this movie would like pass that, like they're talking about men and love kind of the whole time. But I don't, I don't think that that would be any sort of like argument against it because it's, it's just so, it's just still so authentic. I don't know. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, well, I think that that works in this one. Cause that's what the movie is about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's more of a problem when it's like, the movie's not about that, but yeah, that's like, what we're talking about anyway. Yeah, like if it's an action movie and then you only have your your uh leading lady to just be like the romantic interest or right, right. Um but I don't know, I don't know like exactly how I feel about just like those specific criteria of yeah, the me test either, but yeah. But uh, I think it, it it works for this one where like they it, it it works. <laughs> it works like they. Uh, I just love their friendship so much, and I also just love them both as like independent characters too. Mm-hmm. Did you lots. love the scene where Jane is dancing in the gym during the Olympic training? Because I thought that was so yeah. Fun. No, actually, that's something I did want to talk about. Just like in this idea of um, like just reversing gender roles, mm-hmm. which I think yeah. is something that like. I get. I think that's really what the heart of what I meant with uh, the other stuff that Howard Hawks has done mm-hmm. um, is just that like it it works in this one because it's like y- you wouldn't blink an eye if like the roles were reversed. I guess yeah, like it exactly. seems like that was more like the standard, and then it's like okay, well, what if we kind of swap this around? Yeah, that's kind of the whole point. Is just sort of like what if women were allowed to want the same things and yeah. be open about wanting those things that men already are yeah. and it answers that question so well i love the the part at the very end when marilyn meets her fiance's dad and he's like very disapproving of her and she's like if you had a daughter wouldn't you want her to have to marry a rich yeah. man and not worry about these things and want the finest things like why is it not okay for me to want that for myself and the dad's like what a great point <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, well, that scene there at the end works so well too, just because like it's we hear all about this whole conflict is just because his dad just keeps like control of his life. And it's so funny to have the moment um at the end where he's like, Well, like I see through you, whatever, da da da. You're marrying him for his money and she's like no nah, i'm marrying him for your money yeah it's so funny <laughs> there's like just like the transparency to just like say that and then also be like 
And what's wrong with that? Like, is that, is that, is that such a bad thing? Yeah. I guess, which is kind of interesting. And I, and I love that that scene is there at the end kind of as things are resolved. I really love it too. I love the whole movie so much. Um, yeah, I think that's what I have to say about it. Nice. I think I give this one an eight out of eight out of 10. Nice. But it's pretty close to a nine. I would say it's so, so awesome. Um, I really like the, the kid. I just, I was laughing. That was the, that's honestly the hardest I laughed in the movie. Was <laughs> that when he first shows up, I, for some reason, I just didn't see it coming at all. Me either. I also really didn't. And then when they do the bit about the laryngitis. Yeah. <laughs> classic. It's so funny. And when, he, when she's, he's like, fine, I'll help you. Cause you have a raw animal magnetism. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard at that line. Um, oh, there was one more bit that I thought was hilarious that I want to talk about where they're at the court. Yeah. And everything is resolved. <laughs> and they just hand, they pass the tiara between each person and <laughs> yeah. it ends up where it started. And then we're all good. <laughs> I think that's like the perfect way to wrap up that situation because it's it never gets too self-serious. Like you have to have stuff moving the plot around. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, you could like have it bogged down in kind of the, the uh, bogged down in reality of like how that situation would actually play out. But it, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that they didn't because that's not really what we care about watching the movie. Yeah, it's I, just like exactly. to kind of keep things moving along. And I think that's why, um, it's so well done is because it's like you never it it, it never uh or i guess it knows exactly what kind of the movie of a, a movie it is mm-hmm. and um yeah yeah i love a- i love a movie that knows what it's trying to be and executes that i that's so well said couldn't agree more because that's my biggest problem with a lot of things that I really don't like is that it's just like either trying to do two different things or doesn't quite know its own identity. And I think that this one definitely does. And that's awesome. So awesome. I'm reminded now of a point of something that I was going to say uh, that the Blonde movie, the, the new one coming out, mm-hmm. Blonde, uh, mm-hmm. premiered at the Venice Film Festival, I think. Okay. Um, and early reviews are wildly negative. <laughs> Whoa, really? Um, with a few really positive ones. Ooh, I gotta look. Um, basically, just that it's extremely exploitative and oh no, um, just feels like very distasteful. Oh my god, that breaks my heart. It clocks in at 166 minutes. Okay, so, I don't know. Yeah, and they say that uh, that uh, Ana de Armas is like topless for like forty of those minutes. Whoa, There's something crazy. Yeah, how could they disrespect Marilyn like this? Oh, so, I can't wait to watch it, but I'm also so sad. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, but this isn't related to anything else that we've been talking about besides festivals also premiered. I don't remember if it was at the Venice one or at TIFF mm-hmm. uh, Park Chan-wook's new movie decision oh, nice. to leave. Good reviews. Just like, yeah, generally positive reviews, but just based on like the synopsis and kind of what I've read about it. I mm-hmm. think this is going to be one that I absolutely like, it's right up my alley. Cool. I'm so excited for that one. So there's a handful so, of things that have been premiering at these festivals that I've become very interested in. Can't wait for them to become available to me. Love, love the festival circuit. <laughs> I need to go to more festivals. I think it's How just do you I don't have the money. You just yeah. buy tickets. You can if you get like uh, if you have lots of money, you can just buy a pass either a day pass or a weekend pass to most places mm-hmm. and just watch whatever you want there wherever you're listening from there's probably some sort of film festival near you at some time of the year it that may be big sense. or small or medium-sized and specializes in, in certain stuff but i'm 
pretty sure that it'll be out there. Very awesome. A, a word of comfort. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Is there anything to say about these two? Anything else to say about these two movies? I don't think so. They were both wonderful. Right. So wonderful. And once again, two both of our movie report movies are suspiciously similar. Yeah, I know. Maybe not suspiciously, but like it just kind of so, kind of works out. I can't wait for the day when we pick two movies that have just like we have no way to connect them <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, I feel like it was like that the first time around, though. What did we pick? Persona and the Florida Project. Yeah, those are very different. There's not much connecting those two. But ever since then, we've really been in sync. Yeah, we'll see the next time around. Whenever we again decide to do movie reports. Um, The next week is going to be book club week. Book club 18, I think. Mm -hmm. Or 19. One of those two I'm is my guess. <laughs> but we're reading Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Yay. That'll be next week. After that, who's to say we'll cross that bridge when we come to it? True. I'm excited. Nice. So for now, do you have an album to recommend? Oh, yeah. Let me pull it up. I'm going to recommend just an EP for tonight. Um, and it is by the band The Arcs, who I really like a lot. I think I've recommended something else by them before. Um, the Arcs, if you don't know, the lead singer of The Arcs is Dan Arabach, who is also the lead singer of The Black Keys. And I love The Black Keys. Can't, I can't say it enough. <laughs> I just simply love them very much. And I also love The Arcs. Um, it's a... If you like the Black Keys, I think that you would just also like the Arcs. And if, if you've never listened to either of them, you should still listen to this. Anyway, the EP is called The Arcs versus The Inventors, Volume 1. Um, I think it's a great little EP across the board, but especially for the beginning of fall, it's got a little bit of an eeriness to it. The last song on it is called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, and it is on every fall playlist I've ever made, almost. Nice. It's a great great fall jam and there you have it incredible thank you fall rolls on <laughs> even though we're not technically in fall yet but it's fall it really feels like it up here i do the uh for me whatever season is like what the beginning of whatever month the season actually starts in mm. you know it's, yeah it's like whatever the fall equinox is in september mm-hmm. it's in september so when september starts it's fall I, I really agree with that. Once December starts, it's winter. Yes. Once March starts, it's spring. Yes. Once June starts, it's summer. I really agree. It just makes sense. It works. Uh, my album this, this week is called Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. <laughs> this is one of the most iconic. Well, I don't know. It's one of the most iconic albums of the 90s for sure. Hmm. It is a double EP by or a double LP by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. One of the longer albums I know that still is like quality throughout. And they got rid of the non-deluxe album from Spotify. So the only version of this album that's on Spotify is 92 songs over six hours long. <laughs> but that's not what I'm recommending. I'm recommending the original double EP, which is by itself like an hour and a half plus, but it's a long one. But it is like so really good the whole way through. Nice. I don't know. It's crazy. One of the more impressive albums around. And um, a lot of like the imagery of it reminds me of silent cinema because they do have the one music video that's based off of Trip to the Moon, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like from the very early, like 1903, I think. but I kind of just like associate that with the whole album. So it's just kind of like an out of time kind of thing, which uh, is how I feel about fall. Nice. This fall specifically, yeah. like mm-hmm. just kind of, I don't know. It works. But uh, if the you're not familiar with this, from, one, check it out. The transition from summer to fall does feel like the most jarring shift between seasons. I mm. feel it, and it, it is disorienting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like it. 
Thank you for the support. You're so welcome. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's, that's us for this week. Movie reports in Technicolor. Two fantastic films. And I'm so happy we watched. Yeah. It was, it was a good one. As it always is. As it always is. Yeah. Books. Um, We'll be back for next week with book club. And, uh, We'll see where we go after that. But I think, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun either way in any case. Agree. Um, But that's all for us for this time around. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, do great things this week. We believe in you. We really do. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye now.